Happy New Year, and welcome back to another episode of The Spin Down with Julie Jurgens, a Friday podcast about everything I hate and everything I love and everything in between. Um, right now, I hate this weather. Uh, welcome back, Chiberia, Snowmageddon, uh, Snowpocalypse, uh, Polar Vortex. Um, not enjoying it, uh, but this is what you sign up for when you live in Chicago. Um, at least this winter my car has successfully started every time I've tried to start it. Uh, it doesn't sound happy about it. Um, the doors are a little frozen. The driver's side uh, key turns a little funny in the door. Uh, but hopefully that'll last through the winter. Because um, I would really not want to have to buy a new car right now. Um, the trucks are still parking in the alley despite the, the amount of snowfall we're getting. They're very determined. Um, my back gate is also unlocked, and I can't get the lock to go back. So if I am um, murdered in the middle of the night, uh, you can pretty much guarantee that they came in the back alley through the unlocked gate. My apartment door is locked, of course, but you know if somebody's really determined, uh, I will die. Um, so happy New Year! I hope you had a great New Year's Eve. Um, I don't remember New Year's Eves generally. I remember uh, sometimes being out at parties and sadly texting the man I thought I was dating at the time, being like, Happy New Year, smooch smooch. Because of course, they, didn't, they wouldn't actually go to a party with me. Um, I make bad decisions. Uh, I remember one New Year's Eve that was very awkward. I was trying to get the man I was dating to come to a small house gathering. And it ended up being the owners of the house and one other person and myself uh, awkwardly eating delicious chili um, because the man I was dating at the time backed out at the last minute. Again, I make bad decisions. Um, but last New Year's Eve and this New Year's Eve were pretty amazing. Uh, this year I saw um, an amazing uh, legacy jazz band that put on a great show um, unfortunately, the venue, uh, did not have their act together. Um, I never know when things start in Chicago, like when shows actually start. Theater is pretty timely. Like, they might hold a show for five minutes, but, um, when they say showtime is at 7.30, you can be damn sure they're gonna start at 7.30. But with, uh, rock and roll or music, um, you have doors at X time and then the show and then... But usually people always want to like, oh, let's just wait another half hour and see if more people show up. And I'm like, no one's going to show up. Uh, so you never know actually when things are going to start. So that that was something, waiting for the performance to actually start. Uh, there's a screen above the where the performers would be. And uh, they were trying to put up something to display and it kept messing up and then I quickly realized they were just putting up the the space themed desktop wallpaper on from like a MacBook Air and I'm like I paid $45 to sit here and look at the fucking default desktop wallpaper on a MacBook and you can't even get that to display consistently uh and I don't know if that was the venue's choice or the band's choice. Whoever's choice it was, it was a poor choice. Um, and then, I don't know what it is about Chicago, 
Chikagyu. I'm so angry I can't even speak words properly. Uh, but there's this thing I like to call the Chicago mix. Like you might think the Chicago mix is like that that got awful like cheese and caramel popcorn mixed together, but no, the Chicago mix is an audio mix wherein uh, either the bass or the drums are the loudest thing in the mix. The vocals are the quietest thing, and if they are background vocals, you will not be able to hear them at all. Because who gives a shit about harmonies? I do. I give a shit about harmonies and vocals, and I would like to hear them. Uh, but this venue had the Chicago mix going on in full force, which when you have a big band jazz band does not work at all. Uh, the bass was entirely too loud. Uh, it often went into uh, lightsaber territory. And uh, even when it like got its act together, I was just on edge the entire time waiting for it to mess up again. And uh, when we first came into the venue, it was this weird like 70s murder garage holding pen, which could have been okay, but they had the ticket person on the other side of the room, not in, right in front of the door where you came in, so you just were awkward and unsettled and it was just but thank goodness the band was amazing the band just brought it they had the great interaction they played an amazing set um and the the sound did figure itself out um about halfway through the night and i just wonder that was the second show of the night if our show was that bad sound wise how was the first show and how could they have not figured out how to how to work it? Um, but yeah, I'm really picky about live sound. I um, I admire people who run sound well. I know what sounds bad and what sounds good. I don't know how to make anything sound good, but I can tell it when I hear it. And it was just it was just agonizing. So yeah, uh, sound sound people ruin more things for me in Chicago as well as audiences. Um, but again, the audience at this show was amazing. There was this guy who was there in the front row singing along. And there's not a lot to sing along to. This is like an avant-garde jazz band, so for him to be singing along as much as he did was really impressive. But he was just super happy. Um, and and my, my companion for the evening made it his mission to go up to this guy and ask him, is this the happiest night of your life? And then the guy gave an enthusiastic yes. So that was pretty amazing. But yeah, I don't know why everything else was really kind of shoddily put together and they they couldn't indicate when the show was going to start. Like they kept kind of dimming the lights and then undimming them. And I'm like, no, lights are full bright until everything's ready to go. And then you bring them down, the performers come out, and then the, the performance lighting comes up. Like none of this dithering stuff because people didn't know whether they should sit down or not. People didn't know when they should be there. It was just... Oh, it's very particular when I go see live performances and uh, I've, I've run shows and I know how hard it is to keep them on, on task and, and uh, ready to go, but this was just inexcusable for a, a New Year's Eve show. But the night ended up being, being exceptional. Oh, I have some hot tea, like I mentioned. Did I mention that? I have some hot tea for tonight's recording because it is so cold out. Um, it's red Ruibos, which is which is very nice. Um, so yeah, 
Um, that's some of the stuff I'm hating right now. I'm also not very happy about, uh, I went out recently and uh, we ordered a pretzel as a snack while we were drinking many delicious beers. And the pretzel was actually more of a breadstick. But it was still buttery and delicious, so I kind of just kind of hate that. I was just kind of disappointed. Um, anyway, fluffy mackerel. Uh, prayers for fluffy, fluffy mackerel. Um, listener Perfect Ordered on Twitter suggested a new a new name for fluffy mackerel devotees. Um, Perfect Order did not care for fluffers. Uh, I just chose that. Uh, I thought it was funny. Um, but I don't know. Is there something better we can call uh, followers of Fluffy Mackerel? Um, on Twitter, I suggested maybe Mac Babies. Kind of a play on Mac Daddy. That was a thing once, right? I think in the 90s. Mac Daddy. Uh, if you have any suggestions, um, please send them along to the website or the Facebook page. I'd be happy to hear some different names. Until then, I'll call them Mac Babies. So, uh, Mac Baby Carl from Facebook um, would uh, appreciate it if Fluffy Mackerel could make some more side salads and 2% milk appear in the vending machines at work. That would be quote-unquote awesome-ish. 2% milk is pretty good. And uh, I don't know about side salads from a vending machine, though. Is that like like an automat? I don't think they have those anymore. Pretty picky about salads. I don't know if I'd get it from a vending machine. But uh, fluffy mackerel, you can make that milk 2% to make those side salads more abundant. Uh, Mac Baby Carl would would be ever so appreciative. Uh, got an advice question about fashion. Turn to the left, fashion. I've always struggled with fashion. As a uh, as a fat lady who grew up in the '90s, I've I've worn some pretty terrible things. Uh, the past the past maybe three or four years, I felt like I've found a little bit more of a style. I've felt more comfortable in my own skin and what works for me and what doesn't, and what I find comfortable. Um, I make some some terrible mistakes still, but nothing quite as egregious as I used to in my in my youth. Um, when I was a preschool teaching assistant back in about 2001-2002, there was a, a four-year-old named Corinne who was uh, had the mind of a, like a 30-year-old, and she would just judge, she would judge my outfits harshly. She would just shake her head at me sometimes, and admittedly, then I dressed terribly. Um, of course, it doesn't help that when you're a teacher, everybody wants to buy you things with like pencils on them and apples and shit like that. I don't, I didn't want that when I was a teacher. Um, I'm a little more okay as a librarian wearing owls, but still not into applique sweaters. Um, but for, uh, but for the listener who asked, um, this is probably my, my ultimate fashion advice. Uh, wear what makes you happy. On occasion, wear what makes someone else happy. In the winter, wear what keeps you warm. In the summer, wear what keeps you cool. You're never too fat to wear anything, unless it physically breaks, in which case you shouldn't wear it, but only for the sake of your comfort, not for the sensibilities of anybody else. 
On St. Patrick's Day, wear no green with impunity, and when someone tries to pinch you, kick them in the shin and pour a bottle of Guinness down their throat until they choke. On your birthday, wear yourself out. On your wedding day, wear your heart on your sleeve as long as you both shall live. Never wear yourself down. I hate St. Patrick's Day. In high school, if you didn't wear green, people would try to pinch you. I really would have liked to like just kick somebody in the face. I just, I don't understand that. Why would you do that? Um, just don't. On that same Facebook post, I started talking about Boyd Crowder's murder sweater. Um, if you don't know, Boyd Crowder is a character on the TV show Justified, um, which I am woefully behind in watching. Um, I keep losing track of where I can watch it, but I'm hoping to get caught up someday. But when I was an avid regular watcher, um, Boyd Crowder was definitely one of my favorite characters, and I just his 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 deadly hipster fashion sense just killed me. And he had this one sweater. That was just amazing, and so I called it his murder sweater, and it's kind of my uh, gold standard for for men's fashion. Just like a shawl collared murder sweater, just a, a item of vital necessity. I have a story about fashion from from my childhood, my young adulthood. Um, when I was about fourteen, my house burned down. Uh, the fire started in my bedroom. Still not sure what caused it. They said it might have been electrical. It was an old farmhouse. It was actually, um, it wasn't a proper duplex, but it was two houses connected um, by the basement, which I'm not sure what the term is for that. Um, but they were two very separate houses, but they had the same um, basement. It was, it was pretty interesting. Uh, but anyway, the house burnt down, and so my family and I lost everything, including all of our clothes. Um, not that my clothes were great to begin with, but at least I had some. And then uh, shortly after that happened, we, I think we got some insurance money or we got some money from somewhere and we went shopping to get new clothes. And I got this, this just uh, super 90s outfit. It was like black stirrup pants and a, like a shirt that had like different colored blocks on it, like bright yellow, orange, blue, pink. And then I found sneakers that were the exact same kind of pattern, just these kids-like like tennis shoes with these divisions of color. And like I thought it was just so, such a great outfit. And I was so happy to, to wear to school after being out of school for several days and having nothing to wear but church hand-me-downs um, for a week. And... Uh, so I was super excited to go to school wearing this outfit and standing outside the art room, um, one of the biggest assholes I went to school with um, looked at me up and down and said, nice outfit, thought your house just burnt down. And I wrote about this story on a blog I had a while ago, and then the person, I named the person by name because I don't know how the internet works. and. Uh, he actually followed, like, he found a bar I was going to, I might have been playing at, and it was just, it was just very weird, this, this kind of attempt at reconnection. We've never actually talked about it. I saw him at a, at a party after that, um, and it was very pleasant, but, and I know people change, but the people I went to high school with are just terrible people, and, uh, 
you know, it's easy to make me the butt of the joke because I was the, you know, the poor fat farm kid who always just looked goofy. Um, so yeah, I've always had an interesting relationship with fashion. All right, we've reached that point in our show where we're going to listen to a song that uh, either I've written and recorded or maybe sometimes I'll have some from friends. But today's selection is a, a short little song I wrote called Disaster's Daughter. Um, it was inspired by a line from a David Bowie song, um, Rebel Rebel, the line about Calamity's child. thought I'd write a song about, about that character. So here's my song, um, Disaster's Daughter. child your feet are too big and there's always one in your mouth you never know where your hands are to go and every thought in your head you let out you empty your pockets when you want to hold on you look away when you should hold his gaze Disaster's daughter, but I think you'll be happy someday, but not with him. No, not with him. He's not the one. You can't count on. No, he's not the Disaster's Daughter. Uh, and what do I love these days? Um, I enjoy having an apartment heated by radiators, even though they sometimes let it get a little chilly. There's nothing better than taking a shower and coming out to a, a towel or a bathrobe that's been sitting on the, the radiator getting hot. Um, I'm being sustained by the, the Ghirardelli chocolate caramel squares that uh, Kristen shiny info sent me in my Christmas package um, along with a Sophia Petrillo purse which just makes me happy to look at um, on Christmas Eve my uh, my fancy man and I exchanged uh, books um, for booksmiths uh, we went to half price books together and bought about four books a piece that we thought the other one would like or should read and I've been enjoying uh, those choices I'll put a list of those on the on the website. Um, I got White Noise by Don DeLillo, 
and uh, a couple of other good titles that I'm interested in in getting into. Um, there's a new coffee shop, newish. It's been open for a little while, but uh, it's Percolator in Portage Park. Um, it's adorable. It's uh, run by some very nice people, and it's nice to have a nice place to go to when the weather is terrible and you just need to get out of your apartment. So go check them out. Um, I've also been watching, they have a Roseanne collection on Netflix. I don't know what Netflix is doing. It's having these collections for TV shows where they just like put some of the TV shows up. But I don't care. I love Roseanne. It's better than watching it on TVland.com. So I've been binging on Roseanne. Uh, it was pretty formative for me to see that show when I was a kid because it was the first kind of depiction of poor white trash um, or lower middle class people that I'd ever seen. Um, and it reminds me when I started, when I went to college, I took a multicultural literature class and uh, my, my professor talked about uh, Dorothy Allison and Bastard Out of Carolina um, being a multicultural title um, because of the the, the poverty and the, the social class of the characters and I never um, I never really realized that your your socioeconomic class could make you um, part of a, a culture or a cultural subset um, so that was kind of interesting um, something else that I'm loving is uh, Mrs. Friday Next on Twitter is in love with the uh, cartoon Sticker Fox on Facebook with the bow tie and the glass of wine, uh, which is one of the most adorable things I've ever seen. Um, it reminds me of my uh, crushes on on strange strange bedfellows when I was younger. Um, I had a huge crush on Raphael, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I used to imagine that as I listened to Richard Marks right here waiting for you on my Walkman in my bed at night that Raphael was in the sewers of New York City playing a grand piano and singing this song to me. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty strange child. So uh, I hope Mrs. Friday Next and that cartoon sticker stock, start cartoon sticker fox <laughs> can make it make it work. I'm, you, have, you have my vote behind you, you crazy kids. Um, all right, that's all there is for the spin down this time around. Um, look for it to show up in uh, the I conglomerate any day now. Um, all of that paperwork has been done and filed. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Uh, check us out, uh, thespindown.weebly.com or facebook.com slash thespindown. Uh, let me know uh, what you love and what you hate, uh, if there's anything you think I should love or hate. And... Uh, if you're a musician and you have anything we should listen to, uh, send me a track and I'll consider putting it on a future podcast. All right, uh, Mac babies, uh, here's to 2015, and I hope to talk to you a lot more this year. Goodbye. Okay,